come and get your mans. I don't know. First you caught their hands, then you took the stand. It's a joke, but you say you real. I don't understand. Welcome back to the cleanup, everybody. I'm glad you joined us this week. That was Jesse Winker's walk-up song, Can't Have Everything by Drake. That is an absolute certified banger. Just like uh, Jesse Winker right now, one of the hottest hitters in the league and one of Kyle's favorite players. Uh, sure. I don't hate him. <laughs> I have nothing against Jesse Winker. I saw him up in person. Shout out uh, the bleachers. Uh, but yeah, that song is just a banger. I mean, the beat, the beat just gets you hyped up. Absolutely. It's on my it's on my gym playlist personally, so uh I love it and uh let's get after some content this week. What do you say? Let's do it. Uh we actually had a pretty pretty good week in terms of content. Yeah, we'll uh we'll start off with uh Pete Alonzo and some crazy things that he said and a wild theory that I have yet to hear from any baseball player so far. Yeah, and I guess this whole entire year is gonna be based up on sticky substances for pitchers or at least that's just the theme early on and it's just you know I'm, I'm finally glad to see a hitter come up and just give out like one of the theories that like fans usually would probably think of but he just came out and said it and didn't care yeah and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about uh pete alonzo said in an interview yesterday that uh he doesn't care if pitchers use doctored baseballs he'd actually just prefer them prefer the mlb to let them use whatever they want and so far, we have yet to have any pitcher actually get caught with anything, which is uh, surprising. I thought you Darvish, I was watching the Padres game the other day, you uh, Darvish was doing some pretty obvious digging into his glove. Uh, I thought maybe they were going to stop and talk to him, but they didn't, uh, which is good for you because I like you Darvish. I know you like you Darvish, so I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I know you Darvish slander, but if they would have done that, they probably would have messed him up mentally and we would have like hit 10 home runs off of him, but... <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, that was a uh, he uh, kind of dominated you guys that night, didn't he? Yeah, we still got the win. Um, but yeah, used tweets afterwards were uh, it reminded me of why he's such a he's such a like a good he's a good dude. He's just a very he's also a very sensitive dude. So I felt really bad for him when he first signed with the Cubs. He was awful, and he felt really bad about getting all that money and all the expectations on him. So uh, yeah, definitely one of the most talented pitchers that we've seen in recent years. Yeah, and what's even worse about that whole situation was uh, you was kind of upset with taking that money because of his uh, show in the World Series, which was actually when the Astros were caught cheating. So poor you had to go through that. Yeah. And it wasn't even his fault. Yeah, freaking cheaters. And you had, yeah. some, you had something to say about it on Twitter. He's also not shy on Twitter, so I like that about him. <laughs> Very vocal. I love vocal players. Uh, but before we get too far off topic – uh, the other thing Peter Alonso did talk about was how he claims this is what Peter Alonso said. This is right from the horse's mouth. Pete Alonso claims that the MLB doctors baseballs based on that year's free agent class. Yeah. And like, and we were saying before too, um, like I agree with Alonzo's statement and I think I even said it on a podcast where I said, um, like I'm okay with the sticky substances as long as they don't like, alter the baseballs like there has to be like one you can't like make the seams smaller or lower and then have all these pitchers have sticky substances it's just not fair to the hitters just let the let the pitchers do what they want don't touch the baseballs and just go from there yeah i agree definitely pick one or the other uh you don't need to continue to doctor baseballs 
uh, or uh, the MLB doesn't need to continue to doctor the baseballs, especially if pitchers are using substances. Uh, MLB actually bought out Rawlings in 2018, so they have full control of the manufacturing of all the baseballs right now, which is another huge question mark. And we talked about this in an earlier podcast, uh, how players, Ian Happ was talking about how he notices that the seams are lower on the new balls. So there may be a little yeah. bit of truth behind this. And uh, and if you look at the past free agent classes, and we know like the before COVID year, those two years before that were just ridiculous numbers in terms of home runs. Even the Twins, the Twins set the record for most home runs. And besides Nelson Cruz, Donaldson, like, I mean, there's not really like players on that team that you would look at and be like, all right, yeah, they're going to pop like 40 home runs. No, I mean, just the whole team just raked. So like there was definitely something going on with the balls there. And 18, 2018 free agent class was headlined by Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, go figure. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they want to, they want to highlight it. But was is P. Alonso also saying like they do it for the free agents for the next year? So like let's say like this year, right? The free mm-hmm. there's a the next year's free agent class is wild. I don't even know what it's if it's pitcher friendly or it's hitter loaded. I mean, it's kind of all around crazy. I guess I would lean towards hitters more. But is he saying, like, is, is it, like, doctored for the next free agent class, or is it, like, for the past one? I think it's for, like, the next free agent class, like this upcoming class. Okay. Uh, I think it alters year to year in that sense. Like, the MLB knows the players. This is I'm not including, in this sense, opt-outs uh, or club options, like the strict free agents that we're going to have. I think it's more so based off that. But you bring up a good point. This free agent class is loaded with pitchers and hitters. So I don't understand what direction the MLB would take in this. I want to believe this theory and I really want to like support Pete Alonso, but I'm not entirely sure what direction the MLB is leaning right now. Yeah, I don't really I like I like where his head's going and I think he's on to something. Like I definitely do think that the MLB just front office in general, the big guys, they're definitely doing something um, like the rise in home runs. Wasn't a coincidence. They know that the ratings are going down. They knew that home runs sell. And then those past couple of years, they, we saw a rise in that. And then the whole discussion of all oh, the, the baseballs are altered and, and stuff like that, that caused a little bit of like too much. They were caught in the headlines basically. So I think they're just trying to do like damage control and do the opposite way and then now we're seeing like like crazy crazy like numbers historically with pitching this year and i think maybe that's also why they're cracking down on sticky substances because they don't want pitchers to have even more of an advantage like i can get behind that theory yeah i I can get behind that too and this is exactly what the mlb did in the steroid era i'm not saying we're in the steroid era but the mlb allowed the guys yeah i know I, i wish to um but the mlb allowed guys to take testosterone boosters and steroids all sorts of peds because they wanted the offense back in the league kind of like what happened in 2017 and so yeah this they will be again they're just they hide behind their players they let the players take the fall for a lot of things that they allow uh i don't agree with it but it is what it is right now historically not having the best uh, commissioners in uh in any professional sports but yeah. i mean the theory does line up with 2017 that's when like home runs started to peak. Um, and then Manny Machado, Josh Donaldson, that's when Josh Donaldson was like a monster and yeah. um, Bryce Harper, those, those guys headlines. So, I mean, that would make sense. But yeah, like I said, like next year, 
Like you do have you have Chris Bryant, Javi. I mean, the shortstop class alone is pretty loaded. Uh, Carlos Correa, Javier Baez, Trevor Story. Um, I think there's someone else. But I know Marcus Simeon is in there. He's more of a second baseman, obviously. Uh, then you have, but there's also like Zach Granke in there. There's there's Scherzer. Uh, there's like there's a pretty big pitchers in there. So I mean that's what, like that's what doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so like I said, I I completely agree. It's it's kind of all over the place, and I really want to believe Pete Alonso, but I don't understand why they would choose to uh, deaden the baseball yeah. so much this year or help the pitchers out. I guess you could say because maybe they thought this pitching for aging class, they're a bunch of older guys, you know, Scherzer, Granky up there in age in terms of pitching. Yeah. So maybe they're feeling let's lean more towards pitchers this year. I don't know. And the only the last thing I'll say about this too about that class, the most interesting one I think is going to be Kevin Gosman because he's obviously there's still a lot of baseball left, but at this rate he's going to get a pretty big paycheck. Yeah, and he was pretty solid last year too, so I feel like having two decent years in a row is definitely going to boost him a little bit. Uh, if it was just one year, I don't know if he'd get like a solid contract, but I'd be interested to see where it goes. Maybe he resigns with the Giants since he figured it out there. Kind of like uh, yeah. what Arietta should have done. Well, that's more of the Cubs' fault. They don't want to give him money. <laughs> that's true, too. Who knew the Cubs were so cheap, right, Kyle? Yeah, but also, I love Arietta, but it was D. Darvish turns out to be the right move, so I'm not upset about it. That's fair. So uh, let's talk about one of the, the best stories in baseball yesterday. That was uh, Luke Williams. Luke Williams. Great. Uh what in his picture you have on MLB.com, he has a mustache. Uh, he didn't have it <laughs> yesterday, but uh, if he bring, if he grows that back, he has a pretty sick stash. Yeah, I mean you can never go wrong with a sick stash. But the story of Luke Williams, uh, he had his first he had his first career home run last night, and it was a walk off for the Phillies. He actually had three hits last night. His first career hit was a bunt single, and then he had a double in the fourth, and he had a walk off homer in the ninth. Uh, he was really getting after it last night, and so. Luke Williams was on actually the Team USA roster uh, for the Olympic qualifiers. And so you're allowed to be on the USA roster if you're not on 40-man. And he was currently not on the Phillies 40-man. So basically, he, he balled out. Like, he was he was killing it for Team USA. He was playing great defense. He was, like, just hitting real well. And so he helped Team USA make it to the Olympics uh, in general. They qualified. And so as they're, like... He was all set, ready to be on the team, going to Japan. And then the Phillies kind of recognized what he was doing, slapped him on the 40-man, brought him up, and then last night he continued his hot streak. Yeah, and I love the his family reaction. His brother just took his shirt off, getting wild. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. wait, he was called up on the 8th, right? So yeah, he actually, no, I think he got his first hit on the 8th. I think that was the bunt single. Oh, and then okay. he had a double, and then obviously the walk-off home run, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, great story. Um, kind of sucks, low key, that he won't be on our Olympic team. So, yeah, I was like, actually thinking really, that. <laughs> that's, that's more of an L. That's more of an L for us. Uh, I mean, for Phillies, cool. But I mean, if it at the rate of this guy raking, yeah, it would have been amazing to have an Olympic team. So I'm actually, I'm actually kind of mad. No, for sure. Like, definitely could have used a guy like that on the Olympics team, considering like oh, we, Olympic teams. He would have been the star. Like, yeah, he would have. So you know what I miss, Kyle? Hey. A little off topic. I miss the, the WBC. I want I want WBC back. Oh yeah, 
was the last was that the last one the one that USA won? Yeah, because like it was supposed to be one? it was supposed to be last year, I think, was the one before that, and it got canceled because of COVID. So took that away from me. Yeah, and, then the, <laughs> and it's probably gonna be a while because the Olympics are now, and yeah. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a little while before we get it back, and who knows? It may not even continue if baseball back in the Olympics. They may not they may not uh, get as many people oh, to. That it. sucks. Yeah, it does. Shout out Adam Jones, though. one of the best catches of all time. Yeah, shout out Adam Jones. He was crushing in Japan last year too, so that was cool. Yeah, he was always a fan favorite. Yeah, and uh, speaking of like uh, tournament style baseball, super regionals are set. We're getting ready to go into it. Uh, I'm excited. I'm still ready to see what happens. Um, a lot of baseball coming up. So if you have a chance, go check it out. Go check out some college baseball. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it means the matchups. Uh, so Arkansas, number one Arkansas. Uh, they I know they had a crazy uh, – I don't know if it was a walk-off or not, but I know they had a crazy home run because I saw like the fans' reactions, which is cool. Fans are back. And I don't know if it's just because it's a more close – like it's a tighter like area, but the fans seem to be a lot more like crazy than like I've seen in like hockey and uh, NBA's. I mean, the NBA obviously like there were some like actual like incidents with the fans, but like other than that, like I don't know. Like the celebrations have just been wild, especially with uh, the Tennessee one that we talked about last podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> crazy reactions. Fans, but, are all uh, the way but yeah, back. so Arkansas, all the way back. I love it. Arkansas, NC State. It's, so obviously Arkansas is gonna be a favorite there, mm-hmm. but I don't know NC State would be kind of. I mean, this is the type of like 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 this type of like format. Although it's like what it's best two out of three super regionals. Yeah, I mean anything could happen. Anything, anything could happen. happen. In so I mean, sports. so you could easily I'm, see number one go down. Number two, Texas team. goes USF. Ugh. Your favorite team made it out of the Gainesville Regional, Kyle. That could have been UCF. That could have been UCF. Could have been, or UCF could have got beat by South Alabama. You don't. You never know. You know. <laughs> I, I would. I would be more, better with that than having USF there. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I agree. I would have rather had UCF there, but. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, so. All right. Talk about. So these are the matches that I'm actually more excited for, and it's kind of cool how like the rankings are. So Texas Tech number eight versus number nine Stanford. So okay. based on rankings alone, this should be a pretty even game. And then in Starkville, number seven Mississippi State versus number ten Notre Dame. Oh, all right, let's go. I got a, uh, I got Ole Miss coming out of there. Ole Miss is hot right now. I mean, all these teams are hot, but Ole Miss kind of has that that feeling right now. To like to me when I watch mm. them, like I feel like that they're like I don't want to say team of destiny. Shout that's out, the wrong thing to say. Shout out Tim Elko's uh, dad and brother for liking our tweet. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to those guys. That was pretty cool. And uh but no, I just feel like Ole Miss has that vibe with them that like they're they're destined to like to go far in this. I'm not saying they'll win the whole thing, but I think they're gonna make a good run at it. Yeah, they have that yeah, they have that like destiny vibe. They play against yeah. Arizona, number five in the nation, so that should be a good one. Uh the most surprising one is Dallas Baptist University. They're gonna play Virginia. I feel like they're definitely gonna make the College World Series. I don't think they'll win but it just it definitely seems like that one team that one story that just gets in there that's good for the ratings and they're playing virginia who isn't ranked uh dbu has kind of always been like one of those teams like kind of like cal state fulton has been like a college baseball powerhouse like they've always been one of those teams that kind of makes it every year 
even though they don't get talked about a lot. I'm not saying they make it to Omaha every year, but they're always competitive. But I would like to see them go deep, too. I, I love college baseball. Like That's all I got to say. I love college baseball. Yeah, but they knocked out your two teams. They knocked out TCU and Oregon State. It's okay. You know, now I'm pulling for them. <laughs> you have to that with that. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe um, that. <laughs> and yeah, that doesn't count because that was just more of like in the in the moment question. But yeah. ECU <laughs> made it. Shout out AAC. We don't we don't represent USF. We have ECU going against Vanderbilt. And mm. ECU comes out of if ECU comes out of that, uh, I'm gonna be pretty. I'm gonna like their chances a lot because Vanderbilt is obviously one of the best teams in the country. You take out Vanderbilt, you're definitely primed. You definitely have the you have the ability to win it all. So. Uh, yeah. That's a, I mean, yeah. If if ECU look at it like you're at the super regionals, if you're not meant to win at all, you're not going to win it. If you don't if you don't beat a team like Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, if you want to, like what you just said, at some point, if you even want to win the whole thing, you have to beat them anyways. So why not just beat them now? Yeah, get it out of get out of the way. Get out of Nashville. Oh, and then you got Tennessee versus LSU, which I actually watched LSU, and they're actually they're a pretty fun team to watch. Um, and so yeah. it's obviously Tennessee. So, well, yeah, I mean, every single matchup now that I'm reading it all seems pretty sick, except for yeah. the USF one. Texas is going to destroy him. <laughs> I hope so. We'll see what happens. So I'm excited. Let's get after it. Yeah. Um, it starts on Friday, I believe. So yep. tomorrow, while you're hearing this podcast, Super yep. Regionals, baby. Go check it out. You know, come, come back and tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, who you're rooting for. You, know, you can contact us on Send Twitter. Send us some tweets yeah. at the cleanup three six five. We do respond a lot, um, especially if you're talking some ish. Come, <laughs> come at it. We'll be okay. Um, Our feelings yeah, don't get I mean, hurt. They get hurt a lot. Um, okay, but I can I can hold my own. I cry. I, I hold I hold those tears in. That's all you need to know. <laughs> all right. Well, we say uh, a, we, few, uh... a few, uh, let's do a few headlines though, before we get into what we're going to do after this is, uh, we're going to each go down to every single team, pick out their all-star representatives because the all-star voting started this week. And then uh, I think the voting goes until June 25th or 4th. And then I think the teams are announced on the 27th within yep. that, within that week. Yep. Um, but some headlines, shout out Patrick wisdom, call up from triple a. <laughs> Talked about him a little bit, but he won Player of the Week. He has he has eight home runs in, I guess, sixteen games now. Yeah, I mean he was he's been balling out for you guys, and he's been pretty fun to watch. Uh, if Chris Bryant wasn't there, he'd be my favorite Cubby right now. But you know that's tough. I love when I see when guys come up like this and just get crazy hot. So love to see it. Love to see it. Uh, Brandon Crawford also hot. Yeah, continues to make us look dumb. Move, move on. <laughs> um, Otani hit a freaking four seventy foot blast. Yes, moonshot. If you guys haven't seen that video, go try and find it. Uh, this is one of the farthest home runs I've ever seen hit in Angel Stadium. It was crazy. Yeah, um, and obviously we already talked about him. Jesse Winker. We at least got to we at least got to tell the people a little bit what he's done. Um, yeah. He had a three run home run game again. Second time this season, 17 home runs. He's second in average. He and he makes like he's making Nick Castellanos like in a shadow. And he <laughs> Castellanos had a 21 game hit streak. It has the best average in the league. But like Winker's, I mean, like if you if you look at 
stats alone, Winker's that guy. Yeah, he's just been the best hitter. I mean, every year there's a player, just like a random player that always just pops off, and it's always awesome to see. And I'm glad Winker's continued to stay hot, and I would like to see him keep it up for the whole year. And you know, maybe, maybe by the end of the year, I don't. I mean, you know, guys get hot and cold. If he can kind of stay like somewhat consistent, like he has been, maybe he's in the MVP talks by the end of the year. I know it's crazy, yeah. but. <laughs> and then Vladdy hit his 18th, and then Acuna hit a moonshot to tie it. And Winker is Winker is tied with Tatis with 17 home runs, and Otani as well. Yep. Adolis Garcia has cooled off, so that kind of stinks. But uh, he had a good run. And then maybe also, he'll, maybe he'll uh, find it again. Also, uh, yesterday, Garrett Cole stared down Josh Donaldson after striking him out. Mm, yeah, uh, he did. Donaldson was one of the guys who was super vocal. No, what would he do? Oh, he uh, was no. wearing like a red protector. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the game in Braddock practice, he was wearing one too. Uh, but no, he was <laughs> he was one of the guys who was very vocal about sticky substances and everything. And uh, Cole was a guy who, after his interview, definitely seemed like he was guilty of it. So a little bit of tension between those two. I love to see it. Just love to see it. Um, yeah, especially and also Garrett Cole had the most guilty press conference of all time. That was brutal. And then that was the next day, watch. and the next day, he was like, "Yeah, the reason why I hesitated was because I didn't feel like the it was necessary to to reveal that type of stuff." And I'm like, "Well, then just say that. Like, don't look guilty." <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, like obviously, obviously, he obviously you you used it. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys are using it, so it's not his, not just him, but I think he's been one of the guys who has benefited the most from it. So, oh yeah, but Cole definitely uh, used that anger and was popping like. I think he was at the highest. He was hitting like 100 miles per hour all against uh, Donaldson. Yeah, he was feeling it. But uh, John Boy, if you guys know John Boy on Twitter, he actually called Garrett Cole's line for the day exactly in one of his podcasts, so that was pretty cool. He's like, oh, he'll probably go like six innings, two earned, five hits, and his RPMs will be 200 below what they normally are. And he like literally, that's what happened at the game. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Pretty dope. And then of course, um DeGrom just continues to freaking light it up. Yeah. I got a I got a pretty cool ERA. I got a pretty cool stat about DeGrom I want to share real quick to just kind of tell you guys how dominant he's been. There's the a people? stat yeah, to the people. There's a stat called ERA plus. And ERA plus is basically what a lot of the stat heads in the MLB have been using for the past couple of years to determine a pitcher's true value. It kind of takes into account like everything that's going on, like defense, like how good the defenders are, ballpark, you know, if you pitch like good on the road, if it's bad weather. Um, so a bad ERA plus is 75. A good ERA plus is 100. So it's like right at league average. And a good, uh, I'm sorry, an average ERA plus is 100. And a good ERA plus is 125. So Jacob deGrom currently has a 625 ERA plus. So this does not just mean he's been six times better than the average pitcher this year. It's based on a standard deviation scale. (laughs) According to this stat, I'm not saying I agree with it, but according to this stat, Jacob deGrom is 21 times better than the average pitcher in the MLB right now. I I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) That is... That is insanity. That is just 
I can't even fathom that. I mean, at this point, you could pretty much even put him in the top three in MVP. Yeah, you can, because he's having one of those years that's going to go down in history as one of the best ever. So I hope he continues. I really want to see this all the way through. Yeah. um, He's just incredible. He just makes you like, he just makes you think that you're literally witnessing like, like a God. Like you're just witnessing greatness. Yeah, and all of when all the sicky substance stuff was happening, I know we've talked about it a lot, but that's literally been all the what the league has been about lately. All this Jacob Degrom doesn't have a Twitter, but when people started accusing Degrom of using substance, literally there's a thread of all of his teammates tweeting and being like, "I can confirm Degrom does not use anything. Like he doesn't use. You guys got to be kidding me. He's super clean. Like that's awesome to see that all his teammates will come to his come to his aid too, and he's not able to." Yeah, it also shows you the type of guy he is and teammate he is. So yeah, that's cool to see. I'll, I'll let you start off yeah. with uh, with the NLEs. Yeah, so we'll start off again. What we're doing here, basically. So we're not saying that this team only has one All Star or like they don't have another guy that deserves to be an All Star. We're just saying this guy for that team is a lock. He is this team. If they had to have an All Star, it would be him. So to start off, I'll go with my... And then there's a couple of teams... Well, and there's also a couple of teams in there that we have to pick. And that's just what MLB's going to have to do as well because each team has a representative. Yeah, that's true too. So it's going to be guys who, you know, you may think somebody else deserves it, but you they have to they have to be there. So first team we're going to start off with is my Marlins. Uh, that would be the rookie. my So far, the rookie of the year top candidate, Trevor Rogers. He's six and three right now. Got a one nine seven ERA, eighty one Ks and one point oh nine WHIP. He's currently tearing it up right now. He's had a pretty good start against the Rockies so far tonight too. I love seeing a guy like him come up. And if you told me that a Marlins pitcher would win Rookie of the Year, I would have told you six though. So there's that. So then the Braves, you got Ronald Acuna Jr. I feel like this one's pretty obvious right now. Acuna's one, yeah, easy, easy one. Right now, he's one of the front runners for MVP. He's hit 284, got a 393 on base percentage, 18 homers, 11 stolen bases. Definitely going to be there in that like 2025 season. This was a tough one for us. Uh, me and Kyle both had to discuss this one a little bit. Uh, so between Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, we went with Max Scherzer. Scherzer currently has a 2.22 ERA, has 104 strikeouts, and a .82 whip. It's awesome to see Scherzer come back and dominate like this. And then, like I said, we're going to try and keep it quick, so I apologize if I'm going too fast for you, but we do have 30 teams to get through. Um, so then we have the New York Mets. This one's pretty obvious. We got Jacob deGrom. He's got a .62 ERA, a .569 whip, and a, like I said before, a 625 ERA plus. We already talked about him, absolutely dominating. And then for the Phillies, this was a guy – that of everybody on that roster, I don't know if a lot of people would have picked him. I know Kyle was a big fan of him going into this season. That's Zach Wheeler. He had a 2.51 ERA, .935 whip, and 100 K so far. So that's the Analyst All-Stars at this moment. Wheeler, Wheeler's just a cool dude. Uh, I yeah. also just like using him, and that will be the show. And <laughs> I know it's a dumb reason I like a guy, but I was like, yeah, he just he's fun to use. And then I watched some of his first couple starts this year, and he started off really hot. Then I think he had a couple of like, you know, not not terrible starts, but not great ones. But then he's yeah, he's definitely he's definitely shown that he's he's a uh, definitely he could be an ace, honestly. 
I mean, if you look at their staff They're right now, Ace. they have Aaron Nola, but right now Zach Wheeler is the most dominant guy on that staff. So that, yeah. that's pretty cool to see. You would, yeah, you would think Nola would be the guy, but it's, it's Wheeler right now, which Nola could, yeah, you know, at the end of the year, be that still be that number one guy. But right now, he's that, it's that man Wheeler. And it's good to see because he was also he was a top prospect with the the Mets, right? I know that he it was injured a lot. Yeah, he had a lot of injury problems with the Mets. Kind of never panned out. He was supposed to be part of that super rotation they had with Syndergaard and Degrom, and uh, I mean, it's good to see too because he did sign a big contract with Philadelphia. So I'm glad to see him playing that contract out well. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, because uh, he was always injured, and then uh, people are just so high on him in free agency. I was like, like at first, you know, I was a little skeptic, like most people were. But I mean, he obviously always had the stuff. It was just the injuries. So good to see him uh, finally actually proving that he's good. But for <laughs> me, it's time to go to the NL Central. Uh, number one, and even before the stats, I was looking up just like the ballots in general. Chris Bryant's still listed as a third baseman. I believe that. Yeah, yeah I but, definitely believe that. Would you know that he uh, he's logged more innings in the outfield than third base this year? I also believe that because uh, we've talked about it quite a bit. But uh, I mean, I think yeah. his whole career though he's been he's been listed as a third baseman though. So I'm sure in free agency he'll be the same. Yeah. Way. I, yeah, I get that. But like, also like the third baseman. In, I mean, also the outfield is stacked and. It's pretty stacked. So I guess I, you might actually have a better chance at third base. So I'm not even that mad anymore now that I think about it. But he had 275 total innings in the outfield and 121 in uh, third base. So Okay. He's also played first base too. Yeah. But yeah, that's my guy. Based on uh, – you can could, you could go Craig Kimbrell here. Uh, he's having a back uh, bounce back season. Uh, he has 16 or 15 saves, .79 ERA. Uh, his K to walk ratio is like – immensely improved yeah he's i think there's only like two situations this year where he walked the bases loaded and he got out of it but last year he did that like every single start or every single like save opportunity yeah and it was it was tough to watch but chris bryant and it's defense versatility he's batting 307 he has 13 home runs he's up there and runs i mean just just on that defense alone that puts him over craig kimbrell for me and i mean his war is the highest on the team. He's also he's also kind of the engine of that team. Like everyone has been injured this whole year. Um, Javi is Javi. Like Javi has the spark and the the swagger, but Chris Bryant has just the demeanor and the the leadership and like the the professionalism. Not that Javi isn't, but you, you kind of you know what I mean. Like when you see when you see Chris Bryant, he's like he's about the business. He's a yeah, business guy. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, that's my guy. Love you, Chris. Um, it's gonna <laughs> suck when we trade you at the trade trade deadline. Uh, the next guy is Adam Frazier, which I know me and me and you were talking about this the other day when we were talking about just like the, the who has the best average. Mm-hmm. Adam Frazier is third. Actually, no, he's fourth in the league. Three twenty nine. He was third, but Vladdy's over him now. Yeah, three twenty nine. He has seventy nine hits, three ninety one on base percentage. I mean, I can't really think of anybody else. Brian Hayes could have been that guy, but he's obviously been hurt this entire year. But Adam Frazier is just a guy that gets on base and, and hits for contact. I saw a I saw an interesting stat yesterday about Adam Frazier. Out of all the teams in the league, he owns the most percentage. Like he's responsible for the most percentage of his team's runs, like more than any other player is responsible for theirs. So like the Pirates have their offense yeah. has literally been like mostly Adam Frazier. 
Yeah, now it's it, it, like this past week. Shout out Cabrian Hayes, who's came, who's come back. It's been Cabrian Hayes, who also he missed. We didn't. We forgot to talk about this. He missed first base and screwed my fantasy with a home run. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was that was tough. I saw that. that was... And also, uh, Wed Junior, the Royals prospect, he clearly hit the home base. He hit the home plate, and they called him out too. So there's a little bit of like touching the the base controversy, I guess. Yeah, he definitely. I saw that video too. I was confused why he was called out because Bobby Wood Junior definitely like he like double tapped it. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was he did a little weird shuffle, but he still hit it. But anyways, yeah. on to the Reds. The Reds, you, there's two guys that that are obviously making the All Star team, and they're both obvious locks. But I'm gonna go Jesse Winker here just because we had him early, uh, early on. Castellanos, I like him more as a player, as y'all know. But Winker just. 17 home runs, 38 RBIs, 346. We've seen Castellanos rake before, but this is Winker's breakout year. Um, he's got to be up there in MVP votes. I mean, he's just just certified hitter. I love it. <laughs> Brewers, um, he's a cheater, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll throw him in there. <laughs> uh, Brandon Woodruff, by far. Um, if it, It's either him or Kevin Gosman this year in terms of just the best starting pitcher in the NL. Uh, one one point four two ERA, ninety two Ks. He's held his opponents to a one fifty batting average, and he's just been on fire. Him and him and Corbin, Corbin Burns, who actually had thirteen Ks his last start, uh, they're just they've been the best duo in this entire league, and it's kind of why the Brewers are uh, they're either tied for first place or they're a half game up on the Cubs. I didn't look because I was upset. When the Cubs <laughs> lost. Hey, I took two, took two or three on the Padres. I have to say, uh, when you said best player, best pitcher in the National League, you meant besides Degrom, right? Obviously, <laughs> just making sure. I don't even view Degrom as an NL. He's just like the, you like, if anybody like questions Degrom being the best pitcher, you're on crack. Like he's, he's just there. Like he's like he's like. 1A tier and everyone else is like 2, 3. Like there's no one else that's even like in the 1. He just he has his own 1A tier. Like that's how good he is. <laughs> nice. I mean, I agree with the you. The next the next yeah. Also, I forgot his NL for a second, but we'll move past that. <laughs> uh Cardinals. Ah, you could go Arenado here, but I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty. He's just he's been one of the best pitchers in recent past couple of years uh he's he's two 2.9 era he's uh had a 1.03 whip not really super high on k's but uh, he's also going through an injury right now uh but six, 67 k's still decent we'll I mean, take it there's not really anything else uh, we you could you could even put tyler o'neill in that discussion we forgot to talk about him he's been on fire uh but yeah i mean flaherty is just kind of like the lock yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with that. I definitely uh, there's nothing wrong with having Flaherty in there. Tyler O'Neill has been more so this past week, kind of getting crazy hot. I know I picked him up in fantasy, and he had two more homers last night. He's had like ten in like the past like, He's like three thirteen weeks. home runs in the season, right? He's fifteen on the season now. That's insane. Yeah, he's he's gone off. I think Arenado has like eleven or twelve or thir- like maybe even thirteen, but he's been like two eighty still. Like Arenado, he's just like a. He's just a guy. Just he's pretty, you can just depend on him. He's dependable. Yeah, even though he's outside of cores, he's still he's still doing some damage. Yeah, that's one thing I was gonna say, but I didn't want to go too far off on that tangent. After knowing his home road splits, I'm. It's definitely good to see him uh, playing well outside of cores. Yeah, like said, but defensively, like his his values 
always going to be high just because of his defense alone. Yeah. So then we'll move on. We'll move on now to the AL West. And so we'll start off with the Angels. Mike Trout's hurt right now. Otherwise, it would be Trout. Like, there's no denying that. So instead, we're going to choose another guy who's definitely going to be an all-star. That is Shohei Otani. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. I mean, I doubt you have. Uh, just yeah, a, he's kind of a low-key guy. Yeah, low-key like guy. Kind of like an indie. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an indie movie, right? Like, yeah, you, you're only the only the hipsters know him. Yeah, only only uh, we know about Shohei Otani. Anyways, but he hit. Uh, he's on 17 bombs in the season after he hit that 470 footer last night, and uh, now he's got uh, nine stolen bases, which uh, again, not a lot of people talk about. Yeah, I gotta and, say, he got some speed. Yeah, speed. And uh, uh, he's got a 262 average and a 349 on base percentage. So again, kind of what we expected. He's gonna hit 30 homers this year, which is awesome. Uh, kind of interested to see how how well his pitching continues to be. He just needs to hit 260. Yeah, he's gonna keep that two sixty, and he's 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 gonna be an MVP guy. Yeah, like he right now he'll make the All Star team based on his hitting numbers alone. I know they've kind of stretched him out. Like I said, I kind of was expecting pitching wise, so his pitching numbers aren't like as amazing as they could be in terms of strikeouts. But it's still awesome that uh, we still have him in the league and doing what he's doing. So now uh, we'll talk about the athletics. The Athletics was a tough one because they're always a team that has a bunch of guys who are just really solid, but no one's ever really a superstar. And so we're going to talk about a guy that nobody really gives enough attention to. That's Mark Canna. I don't know if some of you people, some of you guys have ever ever heard of Mark Canna listening to this podcast. And I'm actually being serious this time. So Mark Canna currently leads the league in run scored. He has 49. And he also has 11 home runs and seven stolen bases on the year. He's got a 259 batting average and a 384 on base percentage. So, as uh, Billy Bean and Moneyball always says, why do we like him? Because he gets on base. And that's exactly what he's done for the athletics. He's kind of been a spark plug. And I'm excited to see if he continues the year like this. And you could also argue Matt Olson could be an all star or even. Yeah, Olson's also been good, yeah. Olson's been really good lately. Or even. Uh, Loriano would have been there, but he got injured. I was going to say Loriano was my other guy, but Mark Canna is a guy that, you know, again, hasn't gotten, hasn't gotten enough love this year. He's been balling out. So then we'll move on to the Mariners. So I have to admit, when I was first sitting here thinking about the Mariners and who who the all-star was off the top of my head, I was struggling. like Because I was like, who's who's been good on the Mariners this year? Like, who has been good? And then I thought about it for a little bit, and I was like, oh, there's one, one guy has been all right. And uh, he's definitely cooled off lately, but Mitch Haneker currently has 16 homers on the year. Uh, he's hitting 254. He's got a 308 on base percentage. Definitely a guy I would expect to probably be flipped at the deadline at this point for the Mariners. Uh, he's been pretty yeah. solid. Does that include today? Uh, does include today, yes. His home runs? Yes, it does include today. Mm. Uh, he had two more today. Um, and for you guys listening, he had two more yesterday. <laughs> but... Uh, He's been he's been pretty solid for him, and it's good to see kind of a resurgence for him, and I'm happy to see that. And then we'll move on to the Texas Rangers, and a guy that you had as the dark horse to win the home run title. Again, another guy who's kind of cooled off a little bit. That is Adolis Garcia. He's got 16 homers on the year, seven stolen bases, hitting 276 with 312 on base percentage. Definitely kind of moving his way up into the 
rookie of the year conversation for the AL. So that's always good. Uh, excited to see him if he continues this. I hope he doesn't cool off too much more. And then we move on to the Astros. Yeah. I mean, I know you like Adolas, Kyle. So, King. <laughs> so then we'll move on to the Astros. So for the Astros, you have a couple guys who could be the answer here. Uh, I personally am going with Yuli Gurriel. You could have chose Granky. You could have you could have chose Carlos Correa. But if you look at their numbers, nothing really like sticks out for you to be like this guy's an all star. But for Gurriel this year. Never been a really high home run production guy, uh, but he's got eight so far in the year. He's got 43 RBIs, and he's hitting 335 still, Kyle. So that's pretty impressive. He's got a 406 on base percentage. Yeah. I forgot. That means Adam Frazier's hitting fifth in the in total average now. Yeah, so Gurriel's been hot, and he's continued to ride this wave. Astros have a couple of like guys that have all been really – I mean – it's they've been kind of low key because everyone just kind of hates them now, but I mean they've and that's the most frustrating part about their cheating is that they've they have so much talent like they didn't need to do that, but Bregman's batting like close to two ninety he doesn't have many home runs but he's still hitting well, Altuve's batting well Correa's hitting okay, and then you got Brantley still but G- Gary L is the one that yeah he's just been in terms of like because none of them really have high power numbers. They're all like kind of like average, but yeah. Kyle Tucker's been pretty good. Impressive. I almost I almost chose him, but yeah, that's right, Kyle Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Tucker's they, been solid. And they have Alvarez too. Like, like they have so much, they have so much hitting. It's just hard to root for him at this point, and it, it sucks because oh, there's no, a lot of I young won't. guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll never root against the young the guys that weren't a part of it. That's not yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. All right, um, but also like the A's, you're saying like how they never have an all like an all star. They're basically the upgraded version of the Tampa Bay Rays because they always have they always have like at least one guy, right? Like like Chapman was considered a pretty high guy, right? He yeah. Could have been, he, he was like an emerging superstar that kind of just kind of flopped recently. Then you had Marcus Simeon that was top three in MVP votes a couple weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, a couple years ago. Or was it even last year? It was last year. No, it was 2019, right? <laughs> was it? I'm pretty. I don't know. Sorry. We're misinformed. <laughs> I think it was the real year. We don't we don't count we don't count Jose Abreu's MVP Mickey Mass. But uh yeah. Um uh, but yeah, speaking of the race, let's go to the let's go to the AL East. Uh my guy. Tyler Glass now. Uh like like we said, there's no there's nobody on the roster besides Joey Wendell batting like two eighty. And then Austin Meadows has fourteen bombs, but I mean I guess Meadows would be the only other guy just based on his power alone. But Glass now has been their best player this entire year. Him and Rich Hill, who is also yeah. a guy in there. But, I mean, Glass now 257, 2.57 ERA. Here's the number that kind of just pops out. 117 strikeouts. Balling. <laughs> whip. Uh, yeah. Balling. He's, uh, Tyler Glass now has always been a guy that's been kind of cool to uh, – like he's someone you want to see just blow up because you know he's got the stuff. And it's also hilarious, in my opinion, because just like people laugh at the Marlins, I'll take this time to laugh at the Pirates. Chris, the Chris Archer <laughs> trade. Yeah, because the Pirates traded uh, Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows, two guys who just talked about being potential all-stars, for Chris Archer, who floundered in Pittsburgh, and then the Rays just re-signed him this past offseason. So that's always that's always tough. Definitely tough to see, but also kind of hilarious. The Pirates are just that bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Yankees? <laughs> Could go Garrett Cole, but he's a cheater. So I'm gonna go Aaron Judge. 
Um, shout out Aaron Judge on my fantasy team. 293 average, so he's hitting well all around. 15 home runs, 548 slugging percentage, and a 944 OPS. I mean, that's that's all star numbers right there. So I mean, that's yeah. my lock. Yeah, I mean that's a solid one. There's no reason to uh, to not agree with that. You could go Cole, but Aaron Judge has been playing real well again this year, so I'm all for it. The next one is a hard one, uh, but I ultimately I picked Vladdy because he's just batting. He's batting 330. He's leading the MLB, tied with uh, home runs, 1.089 OPS, which is insane. And Love I mean it. Simeon, if if you would take Simeon's stats from from May, he's the best. He was like the player of the month, obviously. So I mean, uh, Simeon could surpass him, but Vladdy has just been like on fire, ridiculous, and probably gonna be a future MVP. Call my shot now. I know it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy hot take. Could even be the uh, Red Sox. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bogats. Xander Bogats. <laughs> been three twenty. 11 home runs, 9-17 OPS. And he's just always been a solid hitter. Enough yeah, said. He's, he's been one of those guys that uh, kind of just flies under the radar in Boston, so that's a good pick. And then for the Orioles, uh, a guy that I was going to pick, but I feel like he's just going to get snubbed. Uh, Cedric Mullins, Ben, 323. Having a great year. Yeah. He's pick. definitely he's definitely gonna be like the you know how like they vote they have like the five players to vote for the last spot he's gonna be on that and he's gonna lose it just because he's on the <laughs> Orioles and they're not really popular Poor but Orioles. he's definitely he definitely deserves to be in the consideration so I wanted to mention him but the guy that may or may or not be a cheater as well I'm gonna lean towards no just to be optimistic John Means had a no hitter this year he's uh I mean he's been pitching solid since last year. 2.28 ERA this year, 0.83 whip, holding his opponents to a point a buck 82 average. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I really don't see anybody besides him, Cedric Mullins, and then I guess, I guess Trey Mancini for the story. But yeah. means to me is just kind of like the lock. Yeah, that's a good call. I like that. So uh, then we'll uh, we'll move on to the AL Central. You know, everybody's favorite division. Uh, I don't think yeah, anybody can, likes this. We can division. go through this one quickly, right? <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna blow through the AL Central. I'm sorry if you're a fan of anybody in there, but uh, you know, I'm 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 not really sorry. But <laughs> we'll talk about the uh, yeah, the Tigers first. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about the Tigers first. So the Tigers was a tough one. I mean, you guys, they are they are bad this year. They are not ideal. It was basically between Casey Mize and Robbie Grossman. Yeah, shocker. Uh, but I decided to go with Casey Mize. He started off the year pretty rough, but he figured it out. Uh, he's got 59 yeah. Ks. And not a... He's got 59 Ks. He's, he's going to be a future all-star. Yeah, he'll, he'll be, be a future all-star. all-star. I mean, he was the first overall pick. It's going to happen at some point. Uh, he's got 59 Ks. He's got a 3.44 ERA, uh, 1.07 whip. And like I said, even though those numbers don't pop at you, he does have already eight quality starts on the year. So that's always Yeah, that's nice. a big one. Yeah. And uh, so then for the Indians, you know, former former Cy Young winner uh, Shane Bieber, yeah, former former Cy Young winner uh, Shane Bieber, uh, he's fallen out again this year. He's got a two nine six ERA. He's got one hundred and twenty two strikeouts, and then he has a one point one nine WHIP. Another solid year. He's going to put himself back in the running. Whip. Uh, so. Then we'll go on to the uh, the White Sox. 
they could have gone a couple different directions here. Uh, we could have gone Tim Anderson, uh, could have gone Jose Abreu. Uh, none of their numbers really were like amazing. They were solid, but nothing was crazy. So we're going to go with a safe choice here. We're going to go relief pitcher uh, Liam Hendricks. Got 15 saves on the season, 40 strikeouts and 25 innings, so that's always nice. Uh, he has a 1.78 ERA and then a .75 whip, so he's been, he's been killing it a little bit. And then we'll talk about one of uh, Kyle's favorite players right now just due to fantasy baseball. Uh, the Royals, they're going with uh, Salvador Salve. Perez. Yes, sir. Salvador Perez, he's got 14 homers on the year. Again, I feel like it's kind of flying under the radar for a catcher. Uh, and then he's got 278 average and a 306 on base percentage. I think it's it's kind of uh, cool to see Salvi kind of have another career resurgence this year. Yeah, he's a cool guy too. Yeah, especially coming off the torn ACL. Yeah, so I like to see it. I mean, guy's a fighter back there, so it's always nice. And then uh, last but not least, this one was the tough one because the uh, Minnesota Twins also do not have anybody who's been just blowing it up this year so i went with uh with byron buxton he hasn't played in a little bit he only has 97 at bats on the year buxton. yeah but uh he's got uh nine home runs he's got five stolen bases he's still hitting 370 with a 408 on base percentage but like i said he's still only at 97 at bats this year but i feel like he could definitely be the all-star for him is he coming back soon uh, i think he is coming back soon i would hope so because i'd like to see him pick up where he left off do you think he still make the All Star team with like under 120 at bats, 150 at bats? Mm, I think he could, just based off the fact that the tw- unless somebody in the Twins really figures it out, the only other guy that could maybe be would be Jose Barrios, but he's just had like like Casey Mize. He's been very like, like he's been okay. Like he hasn't been bad. He's just been like solid. I can see him give it to them still. So. Yeah. So. All right, and then let's wrap it up with the NL West. Padres, that's an easy one. Uh, yeah. I mean, you also could say you Darvish, but, I mean, it's it's Tatis. He's the obvious lock. Face of baseball right now, along with Acuna and Vladdy. 277 average, 17 home runs, 39 RBIs, and 13 stolen bases. They can do it all. <laughs> and he's been injured and on the, in the COVID list. So, I mean, those numbers could be a lot, a lot more. Um, Dodgers... I kind of what's surprising though is the Mookies. Mookie has not been having a great year. You think he would be the lock, and obviously Cody Bellinger has been hurt. Seager got hurt, so it's got to be one of the three All Star pitchers, right? Um, so I'm gonna go with <laughs> Trevor Bauer. That's a good call. Because Bauer has over 100, 103Ks, 240 ERA. I mean, it's Trevor Bauer. They're big. They're big free agent signing. Um, this one was the hardest one. I feel like. I think the Tigers and the D-backs are the hardest ones. So I had the D-backs. Uh, if Quetzal Marte was healthy, obviously he would have been the choice here, but he's only played, what, like 20 games? Not that many, yeah. He got hurt like the second week yeah. of the season. Um, So I'm going to pick a relief pitcher, Caleb Smith, just because okay. I saw Caleb Smith in person, and he <laughs> was dope. Uh, he's, he's been, he had three starts, but he I think he got shelled in his three starts. They moved to the bullpen. Since moving to the bullpen, he knocked his ERA back to uh, 3.14. He has 50 Ks, 217 average against opponents. I mean, not crazy there, but I honestly don't know. The next guy is Paven Smith, who's batting like 290. So <laughs> Good call. I mean, I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's, hey, Paven Smith, uh, 
former uh he was a west or uh, sorry he was a virginia university guy when they won the college world series he's one of their studs on that team and he's from south so, florida yeah uh next one is like i mentioned before one of the best pitchers in the nl <laughs> not including Degrom because Degrom's in his own league uh kevin gosman 7-0 win-loss uh, record 1.27 ERA, which if Degrom wasn't going insane right now, like 1.27 would be would be also insane, and it is insane. But the fact that a 1.27 is not the lowest ERA in the MLB right now is wild. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, 93 Ks got... as well, so he's close to 100 Ks. Opponent batting average 156, just going going nuts right now. I've got to be honest, I did not realize that he was seven and zero. I mean, I know win loss is like an arbitrary stat, but that's still pretty impressive. He hasn't lost a game yet. Yeah, one point two seven ERA is insane. And the, the strike and the all around, like if, like literally reading a stat line, he would be the Cy Young guy in the NL if it weren't yes. for if it weren't for Degrom. Like seven and zero, one point two seven ERA. I'm gonna repeat it again: ninety three strikeouts. So he does it all. I guess this is not like a this is not like a like flop right now. Like this is not like a. This is this is for the long term, I think. And like we said, I think it's probably also because this contract year is coming up. He's gonna get paid yeah, a lot, but definitely. Yeah. Always the cool. Last one cool to is, see guys like that. Yeah, last one is for the Rockies. Would be Trevor Story if he was healthy, but he's not. Just like the rest of the league, everyone's injured. <laughs> uh, so I feel like they're just gonna pick like German Marquez. Don't know why they're just going to because he's. He'll probably get his average down a little bit more. He's three point nine one, seventy five Ks. He's he's a he's a he's an okay pitcher. He's solid, but I mean the I Rockies mean, uh, are really bad. If if you ever you know you know foolish baseball, he makes like YouTube videos and he's on Twitter a lot. You ever heard of foolish Sounds baseball? Familiar, but no, I don't. Yeah, I don't okay. really follow him. Well, I'll show, I'll show you some videos later on, but. He actually made a, a video about your mom Marquez earlier this year, and he's basically That's your even mom. though oh just yeah. like uh Domingo your mom okay yeah yeah, yeah. sorry your mom and <laughs> so he uh he made a video about how even though his numbers haven't been like amazing like on the surface level he's actually been one of the best pitchers in Rockies franchise history <laughs> so That's so sad yeah it's tough to be a Rockies pitcher. Course. That is tough. Um, but you know what's also tough is that our our episode's coming to an end. So that is tough. Um, yeah, great, great week. We'll be back on. We're actually gonna change it up. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to the weekends like we did last week. But we're gonna do it on. We're gonna record Sunday night, and it's gonna come out Monday Monday morning. So we're gonna wrap up the weekend. Hence why we're called the cleanup. And then we'll we'll still have the daily the weekly podcast where we do this where we just kind of wrap up what's happening through the week, and then dive deep into a topic. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for the weekend. That's all I to say too. that we'll we'll recap some super regionals. Obviously, what happened in the MLB, but uh, yeah, super regionals got me pretty pumped. Yep, I'm excited. Let's see what happens. And then uh, again, if y'all if y'all don't have the opportunity to catch up uh, in person and watch the regional games or catch it online. Uh, just uh, tune into the cleanup on uh, Monday morning. Exactly. Um. Also, tweet us. Tweet us some things that you're seeing in the super regionals. If you see something dope, see something awesome, tag us in it. 
we'll definitely respond. We'll put you out there, and then we just get start a discussion about baseball. That's what we're here for. Yeah, always down to talk a little baseball, so don't be shy. Don't be shy. All right. Is it time to put on some Drake? Yeah, let's drop it. Let's switch it out. Right right. 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 Right.